<laughs> they were trying to Kobayashi Maru us, and we said hell no. <laughs> Hey, it's Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Welcome back for another Hang in the Laboratory. Woo! Special thanks, as always, to our supporters who throw us as little as a buck a month to help keep this thing going. Thank you. I feel bad because I've practiced saying that so much now that it just sort of flows out in a way that I fear makes it sound insincere. Nope. You just got to get it out there. But thank you. Sincerely, to those people. <laughs> if you can't tell by my rambling preamble, we have no guests this week. <laughs> <laughs> Just Adam and Brian. What are we talking about? The original duo. Uh, we are talking about video games, which have not come up really as a major topic on our show. I mean, we've talked about them. They sort of have in the size. context of like VR and AI right. and, you know. That's we, a good well, point. We did a bunch of episodes on VR. <laughs> we built a lot of tools video games. to make video gaming better. Uh, like when I say video games broadly as a topic, uh, I mean more like uh, the, the, the movement of video gaming, maybe, is a way to say it, you know? Yeah. Video games were not a thing in our life, and then they became a thing to the resistance of our parents, <laughs> like over our our developmental years. Uh, yeah. So video games. So uh, I feel like the thing to do is start from backing it up a beat to like, okay, well, what? So what 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 do we mean when we say video games we've talked about technologically oh, like how the uh recreation yeah. of reality like is manifest by a graphics chip yeah. blah 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 like more so it's games, games. it's like it's it's yeah. take off the video part right like what do we what we're using it for amusement to go play a game that's like you know they get more and more complex because you've made them digital but it's no different than it's throw games. a frisbee it's, it's uh, on no, some level it's definitely right? it's definitely no different i mean frisbee's frisbee gets into the stretch zone right comparing like football to to zelda but it's the same thing right it's rule right. sets and moves and strategy uh and goals and coordination and it's like uh competing intelligence uh right another intelligence is competing against you for resources <laughs> Just life. <laughs> We're just talking about life here. Let's take it all the way back. <laughs> the earliest forms of life were the original video game, which is the whole the uh, whole thing, right? That's the whole conversation about us living in a simulation. We're just we're just living, right? <laughs> we're just gaming, yeah, just gaming our way to the the I mean, right how answer. Obviously, of an al allegory. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but you can tell me in a second. Is the Sims to real life, especially like your twenties? <laughs> Uh, it's not the right word. Allegory for is sure. the right word. Analog, analog probably. But what is an allegory? I don't know. I, what I would say is there there are a subset of games that so. But when 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 we say 
when we talk about the place that's going to end up being video gaming, like when we say video game to define what we're talking about, it's like <laughs> there's a there's an evolution toward that complexity and then sort of like a parallel thing where like, you know, SimCity existed really early and they always seemed to try to make it fun to play while being still sort of like a practical representation <laughs> of human economics. <laughs> Whereas like Super Mario Brothers was about jumping Turtle on Dice. turtles and stuff. You're just playing Super Mario Brothers because this yeah, is fun. It's an interesting. Uh... It's a satisfying thing to finish a level. There's You're there's like, a oh, lot happening. That was nice uh, with the layering of of like the goals of video games. There's uh the piece the piece that well the piece that I find so interesting with video games is that they are always existing at the edge of technology, right? When video games we invented computers and like immediately wanted to start making games on them. <clears throat> and those games were so limited by the hardware of the computers, right? How fast can they do stuff? Can they make graphics even, which we couldn't on original computers. We had all these text games. Uh, and that actually might be my first gaming. Uh, I don't I I played some old text games um, on some old computers too, where it was just words on the screen. They were like puzzles and there were still stories and stuff. But this, yeah, we made a Star Wars game on the Apple II. In like homeroom, yeah. In fifth or sixth, do you remember grade. Gertrude's Secrets? <laughs> <laughs> what a shady name! Now thinking back on it, it was like a duck that helped you draw by writing computer code or something. Yeah, that was awesome. We were we were like six or seven learning to program. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I guess we encountered a lot of. You remember uh, Math Blaster? <laughs> I don't remember Math Blaster. There were a bunch of, there was a company called The Learning Company that had a bunch of, they had a spelling one too. Math Blaster was one where like you would do facts and if you could do them fast enough, arithmetic, mm -hmm. if you could do them from memory fast enough, like this, you would blast off a rocket or something. <laughs> I don't remember. That sounds great. Some sort of game where you were using math to try to blow up asteroids or something. Uh, so we ran into a bunch of educational stuff too. For sure. But broader, more like on a broader level, gaming, uh, I, th I think there's always been this, uh, in our lifetime, at least, we've witnessed the sort of response to it as an activity versus the old activities that was always, when we do say gaming, I think I, may, I mean to take it really seriously because I think people separate the idea of esports and video gaming and stuff like that from sports when it's like, <clears throat> nope, same part of your brain. I'm sorry. Watching a football game is triggering the exact same stuff yeah. in your head that's triggered by a kid sitting there playing a video game and we just look at the video one and go, yeah, but you're not out like in the cold shouting, drinking I would beer be if me. I could, I would like, have my eh. sword and my armor on and we would drink ale in the castle together and I would run around, but I can't do that yet. That's the thing. I wanted to wear armor and carry a sword, not run around in football pads with a football. Very, very similar. I get it. I see the overlap, but right. I just didn't right. give a crap about football. I want to go save the princess, kill the dragon, and take the treasure home. Same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing you were doing, but it just in a different setting. I wasn't interested in your setting. There is there is a distinction. <laughs> There's no like physical neurology happening with uh, video games, or I don't want to say none, because that's not true either. You're imagining moving sometimes, and that is sort of a, an approximation. You can see that 
now that we can study that kind of stuff. But uh, that's a clear delineation, I think, right? There's the video game space that we're trying to box, I think, is you're generally not physically doing the movement yourself, or at least you weren't. Uh, we can get to VR a little bit, which we talked about a million times before. But um, And then they're also typically, especially with early video games, I think one of the separations that distinguished them was you. your friend was now a computer, right? You were now hanging out and playing with a computer brain instead of your buddy playing Monopoly. Right. You're having a catch with a computer brain instead of another, right. another human Which brain. Which is just more and more obvious that that will roll into real <laughs> like computer beings in, in the, the somewhat near future right? Maybe our lifetimes. Uh, and then it, then it, we were just early pioneers in that adventure of like creation of new life, right? We were the early gods is what I'm trying to say. Too far? Uh, no, I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> you know, you can, you can chase straight up mythology that lines up with this, you know, automatons and, and like the fire of Prometheus and like, there's, there's all kinds of <laughs> uh, imagery that I think I have an interest in because of what you would call gaming, right? So we have to refer people back to one of our earliest episodes where we talked about, and one oh. of our best performing episodes, uh, which is about Such like Dungeons and Dragons really like that and one. that level of gaming, <laughs> right? Um, but so I think this jumps off from that same, that same point of sort of uh, joy and sincerity uh, that comes out when we talk about um, we talk about sure. role-playing games, but this is a, a context where I think because it was mass, because it was mainstream and it was happening quickly, like Nintendo blew up as the Game Boy blew up as the thing to have and do for children on like a social level really fast in our childhood. Oh, he's got a Game Boy. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go talk to him. Well, that's because they're so <laughs> engaging right it's it's all it's 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 the same thing that's going on now for the entire world but it was going on for uh little kids and i probably adults too but i think of it as little kids because i was a little kid uh little kids who were engaging with games early on little little nerds playing with their computers and playing with their nintendos that wasn't everyone which i didn't get as a kid right now that i'm older i realize how unique my experience was i think as uh as a gamer especially like computer games i was more computer game person as a kid but um games have now reached out into all of society right everyone has a computer with them all the time and everyone has played games and not necessarily a fair comparison doing like Minesweeper versus uh, Mario or especially like modern modern games that are so fully developed, but still video games, right? Candy Crush and uh, Angry Birds and all those simple things. Those are those are essentially the video games of the 80s and 90s, right? That's what the processing power could handle then. And the simplified versions are being kicked off because they're easy for people to pick up and play in between meetings and stuff. But um, it's all, everyone's a video gamer now, a gamer. Well, and so a video gamer. Well, and 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 the reason that comes out, I think, with that tone of like everyone <laughs> is uh, in part because we grew up with this like 
when a thing takes off that fast in a world where the only things to achieve adoption and scale that quickly previously were uh, <laughs> notions of rebellion and <laughs> and and drugs. <laughs> like, uh, I think everyone responded by seeing the advent of these new communication technologies right. by going, oh, rock and roll music is the devil. But then it was... Yeah, then it was video games. We grew up in an era of everyone telling us that video games would rot our brains. And it's like, maybe they're right. Maybe they were right. But I stand in front of a computer all day now. And that's my job. <laughs> Everybody does. What does Excel do for your brain? How many fucking cells can you copy and drag something through all day? Right? What's that? Like 100 million people around the world, probably more, sit at Excel uh... all day? Not that many, probably not. That uh, many. And so there's so many, there's so many, we could do it. We could do a media studies episode where we talk about the extent to which I've, I've, I had, I dig into this stuff sort of academically. Um, it comes with the notion of, it comes with production and studying how to make the things. Um, so there's part of this, it's, you know, we can talk about why the games are so awesome. I think the, the thing that, the, the rabbit hole that we were just sort of chasing down that I, I mean, I think it's, you got to mention it, but um, it's not the thing to dwell on is, you know, there's this really funny context where this thing that everybody was like, this is bad. has <laughs> like almost come full circle to the point that I'm involved in conversations about whether or not it's healthy to be on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh no, is this because I'm old or well, there's a, um, because legitimately Instagram has created drug level addiction to a thing that's not, not constructive to have in one's well, life. Well, the answer is complex and subtle, right? <laughs> but it can be kind of simplified. Everything that's fun is addictive or it wouldn't be fun. That's the whole point, right? We like this thing, so I want to do more of it. So the point is to don't do it all the time. And make sure when you do it, you you do it at least sometimes in a constructive way or else cut back how much you're doing it. So like Instagram can be amazing for stuff, right? It's it's creative, it's inspirational, uh, it's functional. Uh, but also like if you're mindlessly finding yourself on Instagram when you meant to put your phone down, do a little less Instagram. Same thing with video games, right? You can You can play Candy Crush six hours a day in between meetings, which is okay a little bit, right? Pick up a game and enjoy it and, and play it some. But if you're like playing those playing games that are kind of non thinking all the time, maybe try a different one, right? Doesn't it's not like it's not killing you. <laughs> it's not terrible. You just got to moderate things a little bit. So last thing to hit here without jumping off the sort of like addiction high dive is too far. We just the, cut the whole section. The note, <laughs> the note I have here says, "Go outside." <laughs> Yay! Like that's that's my that's right? my memory of video games, or that's one of my memories yeah. of video games, <clears throat> is people telling me and the other kids that were playing video games <laughs> to go outside. And the funny thing is, I think it usually was only happening when we were getting pissed off at the video game. <laughs> I think up until that point, people would pretty much leave us alone. But when I would start like screaming at it for cheating, right? Then people would be like, "Dude, you got to go outside. <laughs> you got to get out of here. You got to go outside." And I think, right? And that, and that, and, and what's interesting about that is how it sort of maps to what you just 
you just talked about, right? Like there was a point where her parents went, this is making you, you frustrated instead of just having fun. Like you're supposed to go outside and throw a baseball. Uh, and, and I find that in my grown life, whether because of that experience or because it has inherent value, that I'm frequently like, I need to stop. It's totally true. And I don't, I, I don't recognize that as much as an adult, right? That happens to me almost every day with work. Something gets to me at a point where I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to smash this thing, right? Some silly, and it's basically, I basically game. I'm sitting in front of a hundred monitors right now at my computer station where I work. Uh, and it's, uh, it's exhausting sometimes. So you got to just keep an eye on it, especially with digital activities. Let's hit our history. You remember the first video game that you that you remember? Uh, it's it's the first one that I think of as like playing uh, for real was Donkey Kong on a Commodore sixty four, which was at the time it was just a like a fat keyboard that you could plug cartridges into the back and you would hook it up to a TV. Um, yeah, and I had like a little the like iconic black square joystick with like a single stick coming out of the top with a red button on top. See, you had an older brother. Mm-hmm. I had to discover a lot True. of this stuff in the wild. True. I was given, uh, I mean, dad was on board with it once I discovered it, but I don't think he was out there going, Hey, what's the hot gaming system? How would you discover that as a kid in the eighties? Oh, Nintendo. How do you even find anything? Uh, at a, at a neighbor's house, neighborhood kid had it in his basement or something <laughs> who seated the video games <laughs> uh reed yoder in my life reed yoder i know that name <laughs> yeah i had a uh i never used this but uh my brother had a telephone modem for that commodore 64 too where you like take the headset uh who made like ma bell <laughs> bell labs made those yeah. uh, that classic head- like that. it like you set that on and it used the the tones on the phone system to communicate digitally old school what's the bald rate on that thing yeah war game real small but the bald rate. <laughs> oh no i feel like okay so a thing we can't hit just yet is the connectivity piece because the first thing to chase is just the joy of like what were games for you? Cause I, I, my parents also were like, okay, half hour. That's enough. You seem grumpy now. Go do something <laughs> outside. So I had to, I like, I had a built in interaction with that stuff versus the other forms of gaming that we talk about role playing like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff that we used to do for hours, you know, totally on a weekend. Different. that never uh, frustrated me. That's an interesting difference. Well, that's right. not true. I got in fights with friends all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I kind of, and, and at least for my personality, uh, that lines up with, yeah, uh, if a thing that I'm supposed to be doing for fun after half hour, I'm like, this frustrates me. I just stop. And that's pretty valid. Yeah, that's a good reaction to, to my. So, so as games started to get more complicated, I started to be like, eh, too, com- too, too complicated, <laughs> <laughs> too much. I don't, it's stressing me out. I'm looking for joy. Uh, right. That's, that's a hard though, because, Joy, you don't want too much joy. You got to have some frustration or else the joy has no meaning. And so we had different versions of, of of educational games and stuff throughout our lives as well. But like what I'm talking about, what are your as topic for engineering is, well, where do you Nintendo go? Where did or you Sega? go back in the, if you just think back in the day, what are like the first games that popped to mind? 
Like the one you yeah, played. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Super and the then original a, like one. a cascade of Dragon Warrior. Dragon so, Warrior. Yeah, yeah, original 8-bit. Yeah. Um, it's funny that there was an RPG in there. Dragon Warrior was fun. I think to play. I had Dragon Warrior. It was um, kind of like a Legend of Zelda kind of. Turn turn based. Yeah, it was it was a more dry Legend yeah, of Zelda. Yeah, that sounds right. I had <laughs> me. I had Link. I had the second Zelda. Yeah. God, those gold cartridges. I can like feel that. Right? My body just responded to the thought of like I'm gonna grab the gold one. <laughs> uh, and so then I lost gaming for a while in my life. Me too. I gamed as a I kid. Replaced it with sports. Show off and and how'd that work out for you actually pretty well uh, you like won all the sports just school and stuff <laughs> yeah sports worked out pretty well for me so i can't you know i still believe that was a good choice <laughs> i was referencing our earlier conversation about back injuries um, but we both have one right now so it yeah, seems like right, video so. games or sports both lead to back problems <laughs> yeah right um so i had my period of ownership so then i i owned i owned a super nintendo yeah i think that was the pinnacle of my enjoyment of gaming was like Super Mario World, F Zero. Oh, F Zero uh, pissed me couple, off. Like there was big a great time. Street Fighter game on Super Nintendo. Yep, Turbo Street Fighter Two Turbo. Yeah, I yeah. had that. Um, and then like by the time Goldeneye was the thing that everyone was playing in college, I kind of just didn't. I was college? like, it was mostly like, uh, yeah, I was like roommates sitting on a couch sports. shouting at one another, which I get was fun. It's part of the deathmatch experience. Goldeneye was a blast. Uh, but I was always like, no, thank you. I need to go sit outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I made it through my Super homework Nintendo. or whatever. I made it through Super Nintendo as a kid. See, I transitioned to computers then because I I remember uh, I remember petitioning my parents for a desktop computer. And then I was mostly in computers and I was I played games occasionally, but I was more just like exploring computers. But there were there was like some gaming going on. Yeah, I played a bunch There's of games Quake on and the computer. And, yeah, there yeah. was there was a lot of gaming, actually. I never thought of it as gaming. It wasn't. The I remember them playing because I would come play with you and just get my ass kicked because you guys played a lot more than me. Like you had a period of LAN parties where yeah. it was like, OK, we can't get it through the Internet yet. But if we all put our computers in the same room, that was fun. See, that was play in a virtual space and blow up, blow each other up. <laughs> that was a very, that was a definitely a very different experience. That was more akin to uh, how I used to build scenery for some of the like tabletop games we would play. And that was actually my favorite thing. I really liked setting up the computers, right? Figuring out how to network them. Right. And I remember it was you and me, I think, that, that figured out how to make our laptops in high school communicate over infrared. So we could chat oh, yeah. during during physics class. Right. <laughs> if 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 that was only doable because we had a no, because our tables were set up at a they had us in a in a, t- a square. Yeah. I remember like the exact setup. moment that we our all computers sat around communicated a, around a round table. And so we could sit at 90 degrees to one another, which meant we could point our if we sat the right way in the room, we could point our IR uh ports at one another yeah. <laughs> i remember that i remember the exact moment when we got that to work and we were like so stoked but we couldn't say anything because we were screwing around during class and so that's i think <laughs> the same level it's like at some point part of it is there's the possibility when it comes to computers and gaming and stuff that it then that an engineering part of you takes over uh and then you end up where we are They're- you know i build digital things all day for a job uh there's definitely, I mean, it, 
it definitely seems to be aligned with interests in technology uh, and and art and creativity. And, you know, it's actually it's a great segue into the media layer cake, as you were calling it earlier, that are uh, video games. Right. Because they they started out in the 80s, the 70s, maybe 60s. Uh, were there any video games? I mean, there probably were, but not that the public was playing 70s, 80s videos games were limited by the technology. So the same people who were programming the really early games were also the graphic designers because you're just talking like black and white squares on the page. Uh, but very soon after, right, you have professional musicians coming in and composing music and professional graphic designers coming in and choosing colors and making the graphics. And they were simple back then, but simple at the time was still complex, right? And then you get this amazing merging of of these uh skill sets right because to be a graphic designer um on a video game uh maybe not currently the games are so fantastic the people are are separated out into like art departments but early on the best you could do is shitty 8-bit sketches right like their art department was going okay here's what we can do at the literal threshold of technology <laughs> it's not gonna be fancy we gotta add a mustache so yeah. the guy has a nose no, so what you're getting to though is is the is the why, which was my next the next note was why? Why 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 are they so much fun? And why are they so much more fun than standing in your shitty backyard throwing a frisbee back and forth? Yeah, why are they so that much fun? That being said, I love that behavior. I love that too. That's but just as fun. Video games are a shitload of fun too. And why so the end so of fun? the the end of the history before we jump <laughs> off is that you should understand that both of us me because of VR and you on a path from VR have gotten back into playing the, the games that don't exist in a new. So like because of VR, we were like, oh, this is an interesting new technology space. So as engineers, we went, OK, I'm going to see what's going on over here. Mm -hmm. and you can listen to our breakdown of what we observed. <laughs> but then inside of there, you were like, I also really like playing games, but setting up VR is too hard. And you backed out. <laughs> to the type of gaming that has persisted the whole time where you got two little toggle switches and a bunch of buttons under your thumbs and your fingers and you look at a 2D screen and you run a person through it that jumps and does things and whatever. Um, and so that's how we arrive at the conversation of like what, what you know. Now we're all caught up. What's the stuff about video gaming? So let's talk about the, the, like the layer cake. And I think the funny thing that got us to this was... You should talk about the uh, what was that event we went to in San Diego at Comic Con that one year, like out on the out on the Barcaderos or wherever it was. Oh, that was so that was so good. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was the San Diego Symphony. I think it was San Diego Symphony. It might have been a symphony I, that travels with Comic Con, so. but um, it was a full symphony orchestra, a full symphony orchestra playing video game uh, songs, like the soundtracks from video games. Uh, all the way back from old school 8-bit sounds uh, composed for the symphony to sound like an 8-bit uh, uh, audio equipment, kind of, um, all the way through modern uh, modern games. At the time, this was, I don't know, five or six years ago. So modern games were full symphonies composing music, just like movies. And so it was 
extra fun because there was i mean it was at comic-con so you're there with all uh, all the right. biggest nerds in the world you're already uh, surrounded by this is you're surrounded uh, five, by five six years ago something like five that. or six years ago i would say before comic-con had really blown up to be it was it was a few years before comic-con became like the biggest event <laughs> i just had a nerd cred reaction i was just like i feel like i need to defend my nerd cred here <laughs> So Sandy, it's Comic-Con before it was cool. <laughs> was like yeah, we went to Comic-Con four or five years in a row in early, early 2000s. Um, Ten years ago or something? More than that. They, I, I remember, and I, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but this is how I choose to remember it. I remember them playing some of the video game footage on screen. And so it was like, watch footage of Mario playing. And it wasn't someone playing in real time. The symphony wasn't like keeping up with someone's actions, I don't think. But... They were playing no, no, video were footage of the game footage. and they were playing the sound effects and stuff. It was so beautiful and so interesting. And I was so shocked by it. Uh, and at the same time, it was such a cultural, such an amazing height of cultural awareness. Right. That's so like what what it was, you know, you and I both having been outside of the world of like, I had not been paying attention to what was going on in gaming, except passively at friends' same, houses. Same. It's the same way that I always have. A decade. And so... I think for both of us, there's an experience of going to one of those shows where it starts off with like, oh yeah, Pong. Okay, there was a song back there. I remember it going boop, beep, boop, 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 You know, like. That's good. Uh, and then up to, you know, stuff that I bet you could still hum from like, you know, Super Mario Brothers. For sure. And there were a couple layers in there. They had four channels to play with. So in the background there, you got. Anyway, without going into music production and stuff, it's like so. But they're recognizable in a really visceral way. And then like two thirds of the way through the show, they stop. And I'm like, okay, that's Final Fantasy. I, I know it existed, but I have no like visceral response to this other than it's a beautiful orchestral song that I've never. Well, it's funny. That it's I funny for recognize. me because that's right where the transition happened. It's when it it, <laughs> it left like the early digital games and turned into Late actual Link. symphony music yes. that was the original songs were composed by symphonies. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Is this still video or is this just the uh, symphony playing classical music now? Yeah, right. <laughs> Goldeneye, and it starts to and like point point with Metroid. It gets to where I'm like, don't recognize it anymore. Sorry, that's an interesting um, component of your question earlier. With uh, why do we enjoy them? Maybe is there a familiarity for sure? Something about getting familiar. Yeah, with I mean, stuff? on every level of the senses that video games co-opt, there has been nothing but increasing fidelity and immersion. On a on a on a on a like an exponential yeah. scale over the progression of this stuff, I've not been uh, jumping into it the way that I did when I was younger. But like you, it I'm playing this because we, we, let's talk about a bit how you ended up back into playing these sort of first person on television uh, yeah talk about the one you're playing now and kind of why uh i'm playing a game right now called dark souls 3 that was recommended to me by my engineering team or <laughs> members on my engineering team uh it's uh i had played a game called assassin's creed um which i think i just kind of picked and enjoyed it 
and anyway and i was looking for the next game and so i started playing this one and so these are these are like i think what people picture when they picture video games i have really enjoyed the assassin's creed games i probably it, maybe maybe yeah at some point. uh these are like on screen um, on a tv you've got a controller like an original nintendo controller they're more complex now it's an they're x i have an xbox controller so it's got i don't know 15 different buttons on it and two little joysticks and a plus pad and a bunch of stuff but um it's an adventure game and it's on a pc it's because you bought a gaming pc for your vr thing and you were like hey it can also do this also was part of blowing my mind i mean i got a pc to test out vr and be like what is going on right because that's the that's that's vr was a concept that was on the cusp it was like nuclear fusion for kids <laughs> it's like vr right. is right around the corner engineering caused you to have uh, interest and in it. Yeah. it reached a point a few years ago <laughs> where it really is it's it was really here um and so uh we both got systems to explore that and see what was up with it um and there's gaming that's definitely gaming although it's funny that i don't think of that as gaming um partly just because it's less um, it's in a way harder to be as immersed in it because it's so physically involved um but you're right i realized in that process video games at least on pcs and i think the same on all the platforms uh it's all just online now right you just you can go and download games if i want to play a new game i just go download it like right there and start playing it um and it's all linked up it's all social now too right there's there's social platforms around gaming so you can see what your friends are playing you can ping them and communicate there are all these communication systems where you can be online and talking with your friends while you're playing together uh it's the the communications component uh over the last 10 years um or it's starting maybe around 10 10 years ago 10 15 years ago the communication platforms started to merge together too because i remember when i would play uh quake I think was the first game I was networking over the internet to someone else's house. I remember playing with Rosolio uh, and we would call each other to try to get we we'd have to like call each other because we only had one phone line. So I'd have to like call to troubleshoot and then be like, OK, we'll try that. And then we got to hang up so I can make the call over the phone line to connect. And then if there were problems, there was like kind of there would be chat, but you couldn't chat if you weren't connected. Anyway, off on a tangent, but so. Yeah, so the music thing. Uh, and so that uh, the music relates to sort of what I would call the like media layer cake that has everything that you can imagine happening in a movie now also happens in video games. Epic scores, cutscenes with these cool shots in them where you're like, oh, you know, like it, it, it. Anyway, so music, you're, you're up to like orchestral level with the thing you were just talking about the complexity of these scores that still then have that same nostalgic impact. You have the picture piece, which I think we've broken down in terms of the VR stuff. Like there's, there's a great episode where you talk about how realistic the thing you walked up to in VR hmm. was. Um, what you were just, what you were talking about, or you've strayed to talking about a couple of times is what I would say the third layer is, which is the new piece. It's the interface, mm-hmm. like the interface up to video games was or to uh, up until computer enabled things we should say like you you just watched a tube or you read a paper there was a lot of just consuming you could go to a talk and then that would become interactive um yeah it was either fully organic with other humans or like a piece of paper right 
Um, and so at all levels of this, part of it is like gameplay. There was a point where the gameplay got complex enough for me that I couldn't learn games. And that was a stressor in the interface of how to do that. And then like, so a lot of times like Assassin's Creed, I would start playing and go, oh man, they changed a bunch of buttons. <laughs> and then I would not come back to it for a while. <laughs> like, so there's this weird, you know, this coherence of these things that I think of from a product standpoint all day for my job. <laughs> like, well, you so, know, we had, we had like fairly, I don't think there was an explosion of non-digital games. Like there has been recently either, uh, a few decades ago and so there were relative games were still i think for the most part relatively straightforward um there's complexity in things like dungeons and dragons but you're really pushing in to get in to get into like complicated games before video games you were really pushing into the fringe areas of gameplay right and we played some of that stuff as kids but there just aren't that many people that were playing warhammer 40,000 uh relative to the full population right but candy right. crush huge right it's it's percentages of the of the world's population so but so part of the i mean that that's always been a component of the proliferation of this type of technology tetris is one of the single most popular games in the world and for a while the only place you could play it was game boy tetris that was, was the perfect game popular. for the level of like the technological complexity say game gear was too complicated yeah tetris Tetris would have been <laughs> just another popular game over the last 10 years, right? Right. And a lot of those games have Tetris-y components to them, too. So you play I, Snood I suppose they were taken at but all was, in college? Maybe that sounds familiar. What is Snood? Uh, you had a little, like, launcher underneath that would swivel back and forth, and when you hit the space bar, it would <laughs> shoot a little blob <laughs> thing up that would eliminate blocks. Sounds pretty good. Everybody played it in college. Did you play Desktop Tower Defense? It was a pretty. Uh, I remember hearing about it. That was kind of like a transition game. There are a lot of games like that now that are on iPhones and stuff. They're a really good fit for touchscreens. But I remember that being a huge hit for a while. And that was it was it was extraordinarily addictive. It is something about that, that just that little bit of puzzle play, right? With some sort of organic activity, right? It's video games capture like every component of gaming every component of competition uh and discovery and adventure but they roll it up into like they give this pseudo organic layer to it right like even mario early mario even donkey kong right donkey kong was early enough in computation that it was pretty easy to spot the patterns but there was still like it still seemed like he was a creature that you were battling against even though if you paid attention you could spot a pattern in how he threw his his barrels and how the fire behaved depending on where you were but it was already getting complicated enough that to your brain it was kind of like a unique experience each time um however our brains are really really good pattern recognizers so for good gamers you still have that joy of like finding the ghost in the machine right finding i don't know if i use that phrase right but i like it finding the patterns that exist in there uh to to outsmart it which is all you're doing with other humans and all you're doing in day-to-day life too but it's you're competing against equally good pattern generators right so you can spot those patterns but that system another human in a game can can change their pattern 
immediately uh, to compete with you. And so we're to that point with games now. I remember, <clears throat> I remember playing Quake the first time we installed. <clears throat> excuse me. I remember playing Quake the first time that I realized there were bots, like computer controlled. Uh, like AI, I don't know if AI is the right term. NPCs, the they right computer controlled characters. characters that felt <laughs> like I was running around in this like dungeon shooting people. It was a first person shooter. Quake was like rocket launchers and flamethrowers and stuff. You're running around in this weird world, and it was like an online deathmatch type game. You're shooting other players, and we, I installed bot software, and I just in my head, I remember thinking. I don't know what this is going to be, but it's not going to be like I'm playing other people. And I installed it and I put the settings on max because I wasn't expecting much from it. And it just destroyed me. It felt exactly like I was playing another human, but that human was perfect. And I've had a few technological experiences like that in my life. I remember autofocus on a camera the first time I used it got me in the same way. Um, but I just remember being floored. I was like, wait <laughs> a second. This is not a problem <laughs> for us anymore. <laughs> it's it's not a problem anymore. No. All things our our machines can focus. Yeah. Oh, I'm seeing the same thing you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. It felt it felt exactly like the the characteristics of play were indistinguishable from a human. It seemed like to my brain, other than the fact that it moved quicker and and never missed, right? Right. And so no matter what, that, what I what did, that's an example of is how low the bar actually is for, <laughs> for once you're humans. inside of a consistent set of rules to have a computer defeat that set of rules. Uh, yeah, but this was this was gaming at the point where we were transitioning to there being actual hardware that was driving physics. I think actual hardware, right. at least software that the, the game was based on real physics, right? Because there were particle right. motions and stuff. So there was at least the complexity of like AP physics class, which I know ignores a bunch of complexities that exist in real life. But for 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 a reasonable extent there, that game was existing in reality. And it draws life was the one for me on that front. Half-Life, the physics in Half-Life blew me away. It was like, oh shit, I get how to play this game. Crushed it until there were no games left of Half-Life. Well, and I was like, okay, I remember how interesting <laughs> that was too. When because it was it was talked about at the time, right? It's like this this game yeah. has or does not have real physics engine, right? And now they're like platforms that are physics engines that you install in your game and use. They're just default, and these the gaming platforms are absurd. Mm -hmm. They're humongous pieces of software. They're like operating systems, but um, that interaction is really intriguing as a young person experiencing video games because it drew such a stark contrast between the perceived complexity of reality and the actual complexity of reality. And I don't mean to diminish how complicated like real engineering is in the real world uh, when you have things like, uh, like drag from air, <laughs> very complicated. But the, the underlying uh, uh, complexity of like fundamental scientific rules come out in computers and video games, right? Like we lived through the transition of uh, graphic design. I remember in high school working on ray, maybe not even high school, maybe middle school ray tracing software 
with some of our yeah. friends and and it was the period when <laughs> yeah when coding coding how light interacted with different materials inside of a software platform and then rendering these images that stuff what an amazing ex, ex, uh, exposure to physics right and i didn't think of it that way at the time or look at it that way but video games once again we're we're right back to the the heart of reproducing reality right that is what we do right. with every new version of mlb 2021 right it's it's we've slightly tweaked the physics engine in a way that's either more fun to play or more real uh <laughs> so i feel like that we get to a good segue in there into the favorite favorite things segment <laughs> where i don't even know what you're gonna say favorite things. Uh, and my mine mine was codes uh like like what's off the top of your head what's the code to get 30 lives in contra up up down down left right left right baba start some Damn. people say start select <laughs> some people i think only say ba at once at the, uh, end. the select gets woven in if you were by if you were most often two playing player? with a second person oh. then you also had to select the two player. there was some other variation and on the pattern start. that would work too yeah up up down down left right left uh, right ba i think you could just do ba start and so, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the existence of these codes is interesting on a level that gets straight up to, I could talk to you about things we studied in law school around whether or not it's allowed to have <laughs> it. Like there's uh, game genie. There's a case, uh, where someone contested game genie and said, you can't do that. That's our intellectual property. <laughs> And the court found in favor of Game Genie. So codes One persist. of my favorite code uh, systems were the Mega Man games. And I don't know if this was every Mega Man game, but Mega Man used codes to kind of save your progress. And so this was before there was enough memory on the game cartridges to actually save any information, or before there was any memory, I think, for a lot of the game cartridges. Right. And so Mega Man had this had a screen, I think, uh, I don't know, like nine characters where you could enter a character. It had like images that you'd select to... Yeah, it was like a, it was nine dots with letters and yeah. numbers or something like you that. You could, and if you connected the right thing, it would just load. Yeah, you that could hack it. Right? It was of progression through. All the it game. did was look up what that yeah. combination of code set up in your game, so you could guess at things. Right. And you could guess guess patterns, and you'd randomly get to different parts <laughs> of the game, which is such an interesting. No, you could look them up in Nintendo Power Magazine. You could look them up too, but that was again, it was a transition period, right? I had a Nintendo for for years before I had Nintendo Power Magazine. But it it it, it there's an interesting ethos in there that is like there has been an impulse from the beginning of the game playing and this digital technology to hack it somehow right and it's like when we didn't have memory they had this weird thing and we figured out oh if you hack this you can advance through the game faster and so things like game genie popped up where they're like well shit we can alter that on the fly with a similar chip and just make things happen in the game so you could go play the game with these just weird things. Every time you bop a mushroom in Mario Brothers, you get an extra life. And with their dynamic of gameplay, that just means you have hundreds of lives. You're 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 immortal. It was so uh, it's so interesting that we put <laughs> those little Easter eggs, as I think they're called within the video gaming community, right? Is that a video gaming term? Easter eggs? Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's like movies and stuff too. Yeah. Maybe it's just nerd culture, but uh Easter eggs have been in video games for a long time. And I don't know any Easter eggs off the top of my head before the the one in 
level one dash two of Mario Brothers, the original Mario or the original uh, Super Mario Brothers, um, where you like run along the top, the warp. Yeah, and then you warp. Yeah. Uh, warp but all stages. these all these systems have had these things, and maybe they were a product of development. I've never thought about it that way. Maybe they were to make it easier to test the games um, without having to be in like a development environment. But uh, they're such a fun, <laughs> they were such a fun part, right? In Mario Brothers, that was part of the treasure uh, was knowing a secret, a secret space or a secret code. Sometimes it made the right. game easier. Right. Sometimes it made the game more interesting. Um, I actually worked at an arcade uh, in high school one summer. And it was, I felt like the king because I knew all the codes for like every game that was out in arcades at the time. Some of them were like switch patterns. When you turned them on, you could flip the power switch like three times on in this pattern and it would boot up in a different version or it was secret things in the menu that you couldn't see if you didn't know they were there. Or the weirdest one was, uh, this is kind of a code. It was there was a game called Area Fifty One that was like shooting alien invasors. Uh, pretty fun game, but there was a cheat where you sh- instead of shooting the aliens, you shoot the first three cops that pop up on screen, and it seemed like you were a crazy person, right? You just put your quarter and you're going to play this game in the first five minutes. Is you not shooting the bad guys and you shoot the first three cops, which uses up your first three lives, but then it puts the game in this like psychedelic ultra high score mode. <laughs> So I had the high score on this video game because I was the only person who knew me and the other people that ran the arcade were the only people that knew that trick. And still to this day, when I see that video game system, I pull that code out and people are like, what are you doing? And then it goes into psychedelic mode and everyone's like, what "What is going on? So I want to talk about a specific code that in the back of my mind, I remember (laughs) as Porn Tips Gazardo. I don't know how, I don't know what it does or I don't know. I don't know if it's a real thing. I'm pulling this from my memory, but it, it did something in SimCity that at the time, like we were playing SimCity in computer class because they were like, hey, this is an educational game. And everyone learned a way <laughs> to give yourself unlimited resources and then have like Godzilla stomp on your city. I remember that being a big moment in sort of social Wait, universe. What is, what is the word you're saying? Porn tips? Gazardo? You just type that just that random nonsense in during the game. I remember phrase. I remember a code like that for SimCity. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, that ruined SimCity for us, head, I think, in middle school, right? Because all of a sudden, Google it was supposed to be like a city planning <laughs> class or experience or something. And then all of a sudden, everybody right. had unlimited money and, and like no natural disasters. They were sort of, there was a decision made among the administration that that <laughs> teaching experiment had failed and they moved us Not on to something Not at all. We were just exposed to the, to the the beauty. <laughs> this takes us right back to Star Trek. We were exposed to the beauty of a post-scarcity world uh, and they were preparing us to build that world because that's kind of where we are. We're, we're headed that direction now, right? They, they decided to get upset at our... Right. Unless otherwise, ex- like, unless otherwise... Uh, specifically prohibited <laughs> hacking the system to win at a computer s- s- simulation. It certainly should be. They tried to Kobayashi Maru our our creativity, and and that's that's lame. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's one of those rare situations where Kirk is un- indisputably correct, and Spock is clearly the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Take that administration. <laughs> Uh, but it's funny how that sort of piggybacks the social 
aspect of the whole thing in this way of like, there was this elite sort of hierarchy and nerd culture of, you know, he knows all the fatalities for Mortal Kombat. I'm not going to play against him. It was funny too. Uh, it's uh, funny that you mentioned that because I remember uh, often with games, uh, Street Fighter in particular, I'm thinking through people who really knew how to play well could get screwed by people who didn't know how to play at all. Which is also funny if you think about sports to some some extent. And I'm thinking through volleyball at the moment, but if you play volleyball with people who are really, really bad and you're like moderately good, it kind of breaks the game, you know? And so it's not necessarily that you're losing, but you just can't play right. And it was kind of the same thing, right? If you just hit that, there was a pattern with Zangief, I think, where he would just do a kick that you just couldn't get through. <laughs> he would like dodge the fireballs and he yeah, just couldn't were... get through it. He would always win. And it's and it's been interesting watching them work on metrics to keep you from doing that. So like there's a lot of big weapons, mm -hmm. but you have to charge up a thing, you know? Um to limit and that's just a limiter from a ux standpoint like from a game designer standpoint that's just like oh man we can't deploy that one too often right. or else the game which is know. funny because you don't want everything to be <laughs> like, the same but you've got to keep things balanced too just like right. real life <laughs> we don't actually want everything to be the same for everybody but we can't have it get out of control <laughs> so what's so give me your your favorite My thing favorite i think you thing... already mentioned it and I think it boils down to this. A bunch of things are caught up in this, but it's discovering treasure. And the, the, the moment of discovery is kind of what I'm saying, but it's the whole process, right? It's, it's exploring and it's like spotting that something's going on or that something's different or then by treasure, I could mean like a, like a secret passageway or actual treasure, like a crown or a magical weapon or a magic item or gold or something or, extra lives right or knowing meat space codes in order right. to carry those around yeah, yeah. with totally. you in 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 social same, same discovery your friends, same discovery mechanism know? outside of the game but for the game yeah it's that it's the discovery piece for me and i get so when you play assassin's creed do you 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 look for every chest you can I find love finding in the whole stuff. world yeah i love it i almost completed every quest in assassin's creed because of that, I'm generally stunned that I was not able to get you into World of Warcraft at the time that I tried. I was it was college, right? I didn't look at a screen for four years. I was socializing, which I still yeah. I still think was wonderful. I had a period of college <laughs> where I played a lot of World of Warcraft with a group of friends that I you know, local though. They were all college friends I saw around. But then at night, we'd play World of Warcraft. <laughs> I, I wish I had played some more video games in college. A lot of farming. You spend a lot of time on your own, just like picking herbs for a pulse. I'm all for farming, but I just want to be clear that farming is not part of what I, what I mean when I say finding treasure. I don't get the same joy. I, I'll do it sometimes. Uh, by farming, we mean like doing the same thing over and over again to like randomly get a magic yeah, item right. or to up your experience points. Not literally Farmville. Although Farmville was a very popular <laughs> No, that's game. totally fine. I'm into that. Uh, that kind of farming, like reaping, a, a, sowing grain and reaping a great crop at the end of the season, totally in for that. But uh, there's just, there's something, there's the joy. I mean, spending an inordinate amount of time, like going through the world, picking up resources with a repetitive task so that you can do the next thing you want to do. 
like I don't make bags in World of Warcraft because you got to collect skins and then you got to take them to a bag maker, <laughs> but you can do it. And if you do it, you can sell them. <laughs> and so there's this whole ecosystem of people that are just like, yeah, like running around picking up flowers. There's a whole, there are whole businesses yeah. in the world where people sit and do that kind of thing. I mean, this is a piece, we, this I think is an, is totally another episode that I need to do some research to catch up on this. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, this stuff's no joke, right? There are whole economies right. that operate on that weird that weird is a is a i don't want to use the word weird but it is weird <laughs> right people where people are being paid to like sit in a room and farm things on world of warcraft to make money to then sell the things inside the game economy totally awesome conversation to have at another place um we should get a guest on for that one but what you're talking about is the joy it's the joy, the joy of, of kicking a chest open yes. and going oh shit yes and there's a bunch of gold in there. And sometimes there's a trap too, which adds to the intensity of that moment, right? Sometimes the chest like turns into a monster and eats you and there's no gold in it. Uh, but right, the con breaking the classic concept of like breaking a, a jar open in a game or a box and there's something in there that you need. Um, I love it. I just like this, the discovery, the exploration and the discovery within games. Uh, I interact with that on a low grade level. Like there's an interesting aspect of, so, you know, AAA games, you'll quickly have reports on kind of how long you can play for before you've yeah. done all the things. I never even get close <laughs> to the percentage. mission I've person? done all the quests. And I, like I finished the narrative. Interesting. I consumed the narrative that's going on and then kind of. Like, so okay, that was 96 in... hours of entertainment for $60. You know, I did, I did um, play a little bit of Grand Theft Auto in college. And now that I'm thinking about it, thinking back, because I remember... Uh, I forget who had one at some point. Did you say that's uninteresting? Uh, I'm generally uninterested in the missions, which is weird. I did them in uh. I did them in Assassin's Creed, but only because they feel like this they're the same as the side missions. You can't really tell the difference. And so, right. as much as there's progression, I like the progression component. But honestly, like I remember playing Grand Theft Auto in college, and it had been a long time since I'd really played a video game. I think. That's not true. Right. I don't know why I keep saying that. I've I've always had video games sprinkled in, but um, I I remember when it was my turn. Uh, I would never play missions. I would just drive around and explore and like crash cars through things and and steal stuff. And everyone else was like, "Dude, you've got to do the mission." Because I think our I think our rule was like when you complete a mission, you trade you give the controller off. And right. so everyone's like, "Dude, you you've got to go do a mission." <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do a mission. I don't want to be told what to do. I just the game, the the games have got to a point where like you can just do what you want. They're, it's reality, and I don't want someone to tell me what my mission is. I just want to go explore the world. Um, I was playing a game last night. Uh, that game we were talking about earlier, Dark Souls Three, and I realized I don't want, I don't want an adrenaline rush from games. I want to just be relaxed and enjoy what I'm doing. I want a little bit, right? You always want a little bit of jolts of things, but this game was like things pop out at you, things surprise you, things kill you right away. And I start to pass over into that that move of damn it, stupid game. <laughs> and I was playing, I was playing like before bed. I was like, I don't need this. I I can't deal with like adrenaline surges when I need to go to bed in an hour. <laughs> so I think the last thing to hit before we get out of here that I don't think I prepared you for is VR archery. I want you to Good. talk about the transition into VR oh, through the lens of the experience of VR archery. 
Because to me, it, that exists at the level of like, you don't even have to be in the headset. Yeah. You can talk to me while I'm just shooting orcs. I can carry on a conversation yeah. whilst doing a yeah. Super Mario Brothers level thing that is so satisfying because of the interface totally. shift. <laughs> that's that's right up there. My first experience with that, uh, with you we and that and archery it. and VR. Somewhere. <laughs> uh, it's, it's right there with the first time I experienced autofocus on a camera. That time we were talking about where I, I installed bots in Quake in like 1996 or something. Uh, it was I was absolutely floored. And I was floored specifically with that one because it's the first time I've ever played a video game and felt like the thing I'm doing in the video game, my skill level is actually dictated by my physical capabilities. And it was not perfect, it's still not perfect, but oh my gosh, is it close. It really feels like you're firing a bow and it really has something to do with your hand-eye coordination and the quickness with which you can pull things and aim things and coordinate between your hands. Certainly, it's not like firing a bow in competition in real life. There's not like wind to deal with. And there's not the subtlety of the angle of the string you're pulling. A lot of that stuff's locked in. But for a video game, like first gen testing of VR, the sensation and the excitement that I had knowing that we're about to move into a space with digitized actual physical realities was absolutely fantastic. And the engine that built the games, I think we were talking about Assassin's Creed, stuff like that. It's just broadly applicable inside this universe. So really quickly, VR experiencers are like, I can see the zits on the Joker's face and they're making me uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And that was another funny realization. It's not the same. It wasn't the same kind of experience, but the understanding that for the last... 15 years our games have been rendering full worlds in three dimensions and so the the stuff is already there the games are already there the worlds are already there and they don't necessarily translate right but the translation that doesn't work is the interface right the interface has been the game interface was designed around a a controller you can hold or a keyboard and a mouse depending on what type of gamer you are Um, and i know that there's there's some heat there and the camera, which is an interesting way of thinking about it. But like you essentially, if, if you're designing this stuff, there's a camera variable that's controllable with one. And oh, one of the totally. Sticks. Good point. Once people get yeah, that yeah. really quick, it's it's easy to pick up slow, like, like quick yep. learning curve. And then you learn how to just follow your person around in a very organic way. Um, VR, you're... Your right. face position is that's a good camera. point. The camera is a really, really important part of of how gets you're interesting. The Rendering physics change, but it's still which the, is crazy. Functionally, the same engineering challenge as everything they solve for two D purposes. Uh, it's a crazy paradigm shift. But anyway, we have to end. We we we, we can't finish our video games without ending with a the love letter to VR. You should you should check out our previous episodes. VR and AI both interweave in the narrative <laughs> of how we've gotten to where we are with video games on that front. Also, there's just fun to play, but also go outside. <laughs> well, it's funny that VR, uh, I, I haven't, <laughs> it, it's funny that VR kind of, uh, 
got me it basically got me a video game system again right i wanted to check out what was going on with vr for a whole bunch of different reasons um uh, but the uh system to run that also just runs modern games really really well um so i've had a resurgence a re-exploration of, of modern games which man i gotta say having having i think the last time i played a game was maybe like five years ago i played through something and then probably like five or six years before that i played through something i mean i play i play little games on other systems and stuff sometimes but i'm talking like a big like a triple a style game only been a couple in the last like decade and um gosh it is astounding where this stuff is uh it's just it's really it's uh it's just very interesting it's such a it's such a neat uh blend of art right all of the art in the world blended in with engineering and technology right i mean not only is it is it cutting edge hardware and software it always has been um but it's it's interfaces it's how we interface with the world right um i mean we basically have uh, we have very limited ways that we interface that our existence, right? Our being, our soul, our, our consciousness, whatever, that it interfaces with other things, right? Words. We've got like sound coming out of our mouth. We've got facial expressions. We've got eyesight. We can signal. We have fingers we can touch and stuff. But in terms of our brains, which is what video games seem to do a really good job of interfacing, like, like engaging, um, which is kind of saying our soul, our consciousness, our excitement, our our love, our our mysticism, right? Uh, we're able to engage ourselves in a way that that we've uh, that you aren't engaged by anything else. It's it's unique and interesting and uh, brings brings imagination and fantasy really really to life in a crazy crazy way. It's also it also is its own mechanism for creating that uh, that fantasy like sort of creating content in that space right so the other thing you have to remember is it's this interactive medium so it's it's we also still have the old tools film and movies and stuff and people love to watch tv but now there's this version of a thing where all the way up to vr you can yeah. build your own if you want and that's what minecraft is about and it's crazy how satisfying that dynamic yeah. is even at a low fidelity so yeah so I got a I got a closing thought or question for you then. Uh I have I view uh TVs and TV and movie as kind of a predecessor to to video games. Um I mean they'll never it'll never no form of media that's popular ever really goes away, right? They stay it stays around. It's got value in its setting, but do you think there's a transition coming where video games kind of take over as the primary form of media uh, <laughs> okay i'm gonna back this one up to a weird spot uh when i was in film school i wrote a paper the only paper i got a good grade on in all of film school was about the uh the the sort of relationship between the evolution of comic books and then how that started to show up in the visuals in film. Um, old West mm -hmm. movies, like old Clint Eastwood movies and stuff, like like uh, um, mm -hmm. Sergio Leone movies. Uh, like they, they have frames in them that are straight out of comic books. And comic books started to get hot about when the directors that were making these things were kids. And so they're starting to take the frame from the comic books and like move it over here 
And there's a thing about the comic book aesthetic that's about an economy of space. You can only put so much information on one page and you want to do it artfully. So you're telling this story that carries mm -hmm. over to film too. You can use the same frames, the same shots to do this in a, in a tiny amount of time. And then you have more design space to play with because of all the other layers on top of it. So the thing about like me, the thing about media broadly is they couch inside of one another. So you play a triple A game today and they're also using the same. It's like, okay, now you you don't have control and these two characters are going to talk to move the story ahead. So it's interesting watching that aspect of, you know, even within VR, you can still have interfaces where you go and look at a TV and it shows you a video about the history of the world. And it's still pretty satisfying to just go, okay. That's... And that was way higher fidelity than I'm going to see in the rest of the world. Now I'm going to go play this game. That's like a low rent intermediate <laughs> shoot up some stuff. Like, uh, what does well with that? Arizona sunshine, I think has a good sort of combo of intercut yeah. scenes where you're that kind of not pretty, in control. That's a pretty impressive VR. Did that experience. answer your question? I, f I forgot what your question was by the end of it. What was your question? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Try to get uh, I didn't phrase it very well, but um, right. instead of asking it, I'll just kind of state my thoughts. Uh, there's, there's some sort of technological advancement that has not been realized yet. Uh, some sort of interface or experience uh, or capability that will allow humans to interface with video games kind of like movies um which i mean you can say it's vr uh but it's there's there's a lot to figure out still right their their company's imax has been testing like localized vr experiences and stuff um it seems natural that uh will progress into there being a feature type event like that like movies um but instead of going to the movie you're going to the game <laughs> right um, and I'm just curious if you've thought about that or if you, if you, right. I don't know what is, what needs to happen to make that become a reality, but it's, it's close, right? We've got escape rooms and we've got virtual reality that is approximating physicality. We've got the production of, of movies and movies are most, not mostly, but movies have a high percentage of digitally produced content now. Um, lots of movies are entirely digitally produced, right? So, uh, games are already all in 3d, like the, everything, all the pieces are in place for something to transition. Yeah. There's for sure a singularity where this stuff merges and it gets, it's, it's just going to so get weird. weirder from here is, is the <laughs> answer I tend to give to that. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I don't have answers for what it's going to look like, but VR is already at a level where you get in yeah. there and go, wow, this is a place I would hang out for 20 minutes until my face starts sweating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Should I, I got to go get outside. outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 20 minutes until I got to go outside. Uh, so that's part of the moral as well. Uh, thanks for hanging out for another one of these. I think we have some good, we have a good uh, couple of guests lined up in keeping yeah, we're hoping with to this do a sort of theme, like a little um, series on video games. Don't want to say anything yet, <clears throat> but the, the world that all this conversation dwells in is ripe for the sort of just the extent of it, it's like weird pop culture things. Remember that Fred Savage movie yeah. where he, where they debuted totally. Super Mario brothers three. That was huge. I had the power glove <laughs> in it that had a warp. It had the warp whistle 
secret at the end and that was a good movie word so thanks for thanks for hanging around for this one and special thanks as always to our supporters who throw us as little as a buck a month uh if you want to jump in help lighten the load on keeping engineering coming out uh, go to support.zengineeringpodcast.com uh, this is engineering podcast i'm adam uh, i'm brian don't forget to go outside you're rotting your brain. I have to go outside. I've been at, it's Memorial Day weekend. I've been staring at my computer for four hours. <laughs>